Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight, Fist of the Dragon, Maker of Gains. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful, Stealer of Hearts, Bandit of Time, Hero of Shreve. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Theon 1 of A Clash of Kings, and in our Maester study, we will be discussing the Iron Islands. Yes. Wow. You know, as we are on YouTube as well now. Yeah, so we are. This is our first. Uh, we talked about it. We said um, you'll be able to see something. This is going to be this is our first time. Uh, well, it's not actually technically our first time. We did a couple of right. episodes when we originally started, but I think people will like this version as well. Um, let us know what you think about kind of the, the setup we got here with the dual webcams. Um, and if there's changes you guys want or you think it might be cool, we can we can move that yeah. around. But you're just adding this kind of video component in. Um, I, I recent I just came, got back from Vegas uh, there and I met up with um, Sir Jimmy. It was great. It was cool. Super awesome, dude. Super fun to meet him. He's uh, helped us out with our website. Um, We, uh, you know, just met him, met up with him after we had, um, oh gosh, we had some dinner at the Gordon Ramsay restaurant, Uh, met up with him and he was like, man, as soon as you guys go to YouTube, he's like, that's where I'm going to be consuming it. And so he's like, all right, (laughs) man, well, get ready because it's, it's it's, so it's here. Yeah. It's crazy. We, we actually, um, good grief. You want to hear, here's something crazy. Do you remember the first time that we talked about Game of Thrones and it was on YouTube? It was. That's a that's a nugget for people to go find. That is some old react. It was the it was the Hodor reaction. Like we were doing all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. So yeah, it, it's cool. It's 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 crazy to see how things evolve and and everything. But uh, it's neat, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. As as am I. So. Um, yeah, as uh, we got some, we're gonna we're switching things up just a little bit today. You know, normally we hit you with who our, our patrons are, but we thought, you know, hey, we're doing this on video. Uh, yeah, we're gonna just around. We're gonna get make sure these people get kind of a special shout out here. So let's let's run through that list here real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So we got uh, first up, just I want to give a shout out to our bannermen. So uh, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon. Blood of Queen Daenerys and Lady of Jameson, Lord Bread of House Fry, Sir David of House Fraser, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, and Sir Matthew of House Perry. Yeah, I just wanted to get those in, you know. Uh, hey, guys, we are, you know, we're we're switching some things up a little bit here, okay? Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, I also got to hit these people here. You know, this ha- this podcast is also protected by, right, our, our our captains of the guard here, Lord Hunter the Foulmouth, Lady Amanda of House Ryan, uh, Lady Rajal of House Stevens, Sir Ron of House Golson, and Lord Robert the Unfrozen of House Butler, Lord Paramount of Skagos Island. Uh, obviously, we want to give a huge shout-out to our patrons. Um you know, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of this stuff, you know, you talk about what what does Patreon um, do for us? Well, a lot of the equipment that Ez and I have been able to purchase uh, has come directly from Patreon. So yeah. that's been a huge help in getting us here on YouTube as well. So people can um, enjoy the podcast that way. I mean, I know you're looking at two chubby guys, but hey, it's OK. You know, we're working <laughs> on it. Uh, going to get it. Gonna yeah. get it. Going to get it going. But yeah, man. Ez, well, how you, hey, how, yeah. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I I, uh, I wanted to say too. You know, uh, Sir Matt mentioned how can we improve the visual? Like, look, look, we get it. I understand we can trim the beard a little bit. We can, you know, we 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 can, you know, uh, loosen up, thin thinning up a little bit. We're, we're gonna work on it. But 
Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm actually, I was thrilled because I love getting just, you know, new equipment and uh, trying to learn, trying to, trying to figure things out like lighting. I have no idea what I'm doing here with my lighting, but it is what it, it is. Good. So yeah, I, it's, it's a work in progress. I feel like, you know, we'll get better, but I, like I'm doing well and I, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, last week it was, was exciting because we were talking about Davos this week. It's Theon. I was, uh, re-listening to the chapter again on the way home from, uh, work and I'm excited because I think of these new point of views, you know, that we're going to be covering and, and, uh, it's just, I don't know, man, it's, it's really cool. It just feels I, I, like, it's different. You said like, I mean, I can't pick my nose. Okay. I can't yeah, do anything. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like locked in here on, on this and it's, it's crazy. So, uh, yeah. And, and, and going forward in the future, just so folks know, like we're mentioning a lot of like the components of YouTube right now, just because this is what we're pushing. Uh, but, uh, we are still, uh, a podcast just so you guys know in general like that is that is what at our core uh we're a podcast and you can always find us on itunes and stitcher and all those good places but um i'm excited i'm happy i'm pumped theon i started thinking about theon i want to say something before before i forget this i don't like theon right now right now but i love him later i mean uh, there's even moments still where i come back now in this reread i love him but i also hate him and it's just this weird thing and so and i know where his character is going. I know where they took it in the show, and I'm I'm pumped. I'm excited to to cover this today. So I'm doing well. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. You know, just got back from Vegas. Uh, as I said, met up with uh, Sir Jimmy um, of House Nutter. It was awesome, man. It was a great, great meetup. Super cool dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, if anybody, I mean, he kind of messaged me said because uh, I had mentioned I was going to Vegas. He said, "Hey, I'm going to be in Vegas. If you want to meet up," and I was like, "Absolutely." Uh, we just kind of uh we're staying at caesar's uh well he was staying at caesar's palace where i was uh grabbing grabbing food um so Matt just walked around the strip a little bit uh went over to some little place grabbed an ale uh nice talked we did walk by the bellagio fountains and it was as you know in vegas you know the bellagio is that's the casino that's got the fountains out front and they play music every i think it's every 15 minutes uh, yeah. So we were just walking by. So we stopped and look at that. It was playing proud to be an American. So, you know, it was a very patriotic <laughs> kind of moving moment. OK. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was super awesome. I uh, had a ton of fun, had a ton of fun with that. And, uh, man, I'm just back and ready to just mm -hmm. get to work, get things yeah. rolling here um, with Bend the Knee and, you know, obviously our other podcasts as well. Now that we got this whole video component thing, I'm just I'm just I'm all excited about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Um, I did want to mention before we really move into anything, anything else, um, at the end of the show, we have some really good Ravens. We have some mm -hmm. really good Ravens that we want to discuss and things that I even went back, uh, into season eight and, and kind of pulled and we're going to discuss because I just think they're, they're epic and, uh, some things that kind of also tie into our Patreon series, some good stuff with, uh, faces men. So stick around to the end to, to kind of, um, hear that discussion. So Absolutely. So, all right, man. Well, uh, should we move on over to our Maesters study here? Yeah. Uh, so I, I mentioned we're going to talk about the Iron Islands. And here's the thing. Uh, I don't really like talking about the Iron Islands. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go ahead and say I I am. Yeah, I said this before. I'm not a huge like um, I, I think about them and I think like I want there to be something cool. I want there, there to is be stuff that's cool. Oh, here we go. Like, well, okay. Do you remember? Do you you remember? love the Kraken. I know you love the Drowned God. I know you love all this stuff, but ah, they just, I don't know. 
Go ahead. Well, yeah. okay. Do you remember when we hit the Iron Islands in a world of ice and fire? And going into the episode, we were like, guys, you know, the Iron Islands are not that cool. And then we started going through the chapter. And yep. by the end, we're like, okay, maybe the Iron Islands is pretty cool. And people <laughs> sent us messages and they're like, Sir Ezra and Sir Matt, the Iron Islands suck. Uh, and uh, like ten, five minutes later, okay, the Iron Islands are pretty cool. So, yeah, very cool. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you've got the. That'll uh, probably happen the here. The chair, honestly. right? The. Um, um, blanking on what it's uh, yeah the seastone chair yeah the seastone chair yeah right and how it was there when they got there and it's made of this weird material oh yeah right right yeah I mean okay so so you know here we are we're we're, we're at the um, Iron Islands like this chapter is cool because I mean we do get to go back and learn about um, the Greyjoy Rebellion and, and we get to kind of learn more details sort of get more of a personal side on this look into theon's life and in the relationship with his with his father this is a i mean they are they're, they're raiders right i mean they 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 basically attack the coastline and they pillage and things like that and and just their way of life is completely different uh theon will talk a lot about that just in in their, their various wives um whether how things were acquired or earned um whether that be you know paid with paid with gold or paid with iron um so it, it's a very different culture they do not uh they, they do not adhere to the seven right they're not adhering to them mm -hmm. they're, they're also not um uh, well yeah so i mean they have their own priest uh they kind of do their own thing and right now where we're at theon has been a award right essentially he says that he mentions like being a prisoner at one point in this um in this chapter to to eddard stark but yeah it, it's also a very it's 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 uh it's cold it's windy that's mentioned multiple times yeah there are fierce seafaring people who call themselves the iron born um yeah they they at once you know back when before aegon's conquest they were I think they had a little bit more like, like there weren't as many of, of the of the large there were still large regions and stuff like that but they they were uh more prevalent right they actually right. Uh, acquired a lot of the um nah, what's the riverlands right so so that was um what's his name let me go back into the histories here a little bit some of their it, it was their uh the guy a like karen hall right mm -hmm. am i right on that mm -hmm. Heron the black mm-hmm yeah. So, uh, anyways, they, like, they, like they, yeah, the Horror Dynasty, right? So, yes. Here we go. Yeah, and, and just sort of like so. So their influence used to be much more. It is now sort of pushed back just to these islands, and uh, they're kind of, I don't know. To me, they are they're interesting just because they are so different. I guess right. they give you that different um, perspective, a different. They, they seem like a beaten down, not not a beaten down people, but like they are. They're not really well liked by the other kingdoms. They're not really a kingdom that is associated with much, really. And I would even say maybe even before the Greyjoy Rebellion that uh, that was the case, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, well, they've had. I think they've you know they've had other rebellions in the past. Um, Theon in this chapter mentions that they it could be described as a land of ten thousand kings. Uh, yeah. Because there's there's not really a lot there. The islands are really small. Um, you know, Theon, that's why they, they have to pay the iron price because they want to see that you're a really good warrior because it's not, you know, it's it's not like even in, even in like, let's say, take the North, for example. You know, you have people who live out in the middle of nowhere, right? And then they, but they'll, mm -hmm. but they, if they have to travel 
to see something that's going on, they come to this great, you know, keep of Winterfell. Um, and so I think there's this, uh, the regalness, even of, of like something like Winterfell, whereas you don't really have that on the Iron Islands. And so it is its own people. When Aegon conquers it, that, you know, they can't even, the seven don't even work there because they just don't really care. Um, and so I think that they're just, they're part of the Westeros, but it's kind of, I mean, in a way, it's, it reminds me a lot of Dorne and that like Dorne doesn't really play a lot of the, same politics and yeah and, sure and political power that uh you know everybody else does right yeah yeah exactly exactly and something i mean i guess a part of this too and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of dive into some of the history here is that when you look at maesters and this is again i'm going to some of the wiki and i got a couple of different sites put up here but the idea that um the maesters believe that it, it wasn't really settled by uh, that, that it was that it was settled thousands of years ago and that there are still there's still an element of like maybe even a culture before the Andals mm-hmm. kind of the Andals or even the first men kind of came over that there's something uh, still kind of there. You mentioned the sea stone chair and, and stuff. So there's like relics or remnants of, of a super old, you know, uh, culture there. But anyways, yeah, legend claimed that the first men discovered uh, what would be called the sea stone chair upon the shores of Old Wick. Uh, there is no evidence that the islands were inhabited by children of the forest or giants. Uh, wherewood trees do not grow uh, in in their poor soil. So the old gods did not have a significant uh, following there. Instead, the humans uh, who came to inhabit the islands worship their own local religion of the drowned god. So again, that's from the wiki. Uh, you guys can go look at all that history there. But it, it's it's yeah, it's I think it's that's that's what's. Um, different about it and also it's a group of islands right so it's not something that's easily you can't easily get there so i feel like the type of people who would go there are those who were maybe outcast and who didn't have a place or or, or like a belonging or maybe just sea, seafaring folk who, who enjoy that um type of terrain but yeah yeah to me it's i and i feel i feel bad because I, I i never will do the iron islands uh justice just because you know they're they're not they're not my go-to I, I like theon really like i really came around in the show to liking them more and wanting to know more about him and their culture and stuff just through him just through his redemption arc but um yeah early on i'm sort of like who do these who, who do these guys think they are but well you yeah. know it's i mean they also don't get a lot of time i would um that's true on the iron Islands, so we don't really see a lot of the iron islands and even in the histories the iron islands are not really a big player so i think that's that's part of it as well yeah yeah it could be yeah yeah i don't know and there are people out there who i'm sure are you know absolutely in love with this and and i like again there there are later on in the series they do become a pretty big deal i mean we'll talk mm. more about them for sure because once they go inland and they start to kind of um like moat kaelin and different places that they will kind of acquire and 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 the different um skirmishes that take place are are, are very interesting and significant to the story yeah uh, and you're on and you're not on there victorian yet. Greyjoy certainly in the book. oh yeah that yeah huge, right, right huge and i and again yeah. he might be a character whose role is way different than the show so wow and that's and see that's interesting because i i mm, like i like i think you're right so the this actual place of the iron islands it's I don't know. It, it, it like a lot of times where we see the Ironborn is in different places, not necessarily here on Pike, or but we see them, you know, on the, on the mainland, or we see them on their way down to Daenerys. So I guess that maybe um, is is a bit of it, uh, if you yeah. will. Like it's it's sort of why I, I I don't 
Like I like seeing them interacting with our other characters. And when we just go there and it's just them by themselves and it's just so right right now, like Theon is is there traveling, conversing with his people and you're getting to you're, we're meeting new um, new characters. We're, we're getting uh, in, introduced to his uncles. Uh, we understand who his brothers are, the hierarchy, how things work. But that's that's really it. And to me, it's not as interesting as as I like to see them intermix and mingle with the other with the other cast. So that's that's just my personal opinion. But hey, hey that, that's OK, man. Slam on I'm I'm, okay. medi- I'm mediocre to them. Uh, I mean, if we get more, then that could excite me more. I think Theon is, you know, if his arc goes something like it does in the show, I think that'd be really cool. And I think that um, Euron Victorian can, can yeah. is going to be expanded upon a little bit in the books. I mean, for crying out loud, I mean, the we're supposed to be getting this mega mega horn dragon binder, or possibly the horn of winter. Yeah. Right? Maybe they're switched. Who knows? Uh, is the cover of the next book if slash when it ever comes out so it could be a huge play yeah. part of it so yeah yeah for sure so. um all right well uh we had a big chapter today so let's head on over to the reread uh last week we were in davos our first time uh with a, somebody you know somebody different from what we had in game of thrones where davos had watched the burning of the seven entering the fire stannis baratheon had drawn out a sword Lightbringer. And Melisandre proclaims him Azor High reborn. Later, Davos hears of news of war from the pirate Salador San, who insists Stannis's new sword is not the true Lightbringer. That night, Davos and Stannis discuss his plan to claim the Iron Throne. When Davos asks why he supports Melisandre's foreign god, Stannis explains that he means to discover Melisandre's true power. This time, uh, Theon won. After an absence of 10 years, Theon Greyjoy arrives back home on the island of Pike aboard the Miriam. He docks at, Lannisport, or at Lordsport excuse me, and is disappointed to discover that his father, Lord Balon Greyjoy, has sent only Theon's uncle, Arian, a priest uh, of the Drowned God, to escort him to Balon's uh, castle at Pike. Theon is greeted uh, coldly by his father, after which he presents Balon with Rob Stark's letter. Balon rejects his proposed alliance with Rob, instead insisting that he will pay the iron price and carve out a kingdom of his own. Now, really quick here, I do want to say something. If you ever listen to interviews with George R.R. Martin, he calls him Balon. Yeah. Which right. is really interesting. You know, we've been blasted before <laughs> for our pronunciation of characters. You know, like the show does it one way. The audiobooks do it another way. Uh, George does it another way. And so yeah. we will be calling him Balon. I think. Yes, we will. I think that's uh, <laughs> the most commonly accepted thing, even though, I mean, technically speaking, if the creator says it's Balon, then it's Balon. So, yeah. 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 That, that is interesting. I mean, we, you'll, you'll hear us if, if we um, say something, you know, that that's not quite uh, correct or, or what have you. It's because we've got the audio book, we've got the TV show and then we've got our author. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right. So I always like to read just a little bit of the opening passage here. So there was no safe anchorage at Pike, but Theon Greyjoy wished to look on his father's castle from the sea to see it as he had seen it last 10 years before when Robert Baratheon's war galley had borne him away to be a ward of Eddard Stark. On that day, he had stood beside the rail, listening to the stroke of the oars and the pounding of the master's drum while he watched Pike dwindle in the distance. Now he wanted to see it grow larger to rise from the sea before him. 
Right. So so yeah, here we are. I mean, he's he's on a he's on this mission back home. He he's he's headed here and and what's ah, gosh, what's interesting like like they know he's coming. Mm-hmm. Like there should be well, one of the big things with this is is that uh what Theon expects, like the welcome the welcoming party that he expects to be there is not there. And it just I, I th- that that part's a little a, a little sad and I kind of get why he's a little a, a little frustrated and you know, you, you also understand, like, there's a few things that I wanted to say during this chapter to his father, okay? Like, it just the, the, the way he treats him, and he kind of says what I want to say at the end of the chapter, just in, in what he, and in, in calling him, you know, a king, or is he a king, is he not a king, etc. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's just not what we expect. You think he's going to come back and there's going to be this great welcome uh, and, this, and this return because he's been gone for 10 years, but... None of that happens. Matter of fact, they're suspicious of him. They don't recognize him uh, and, and, and all of this. And it starts off here. Uh, his treatment on the ship that he's on is very different from his treatment when he gets on land, right? You're, you're expecting sort of that same type of um, treatment to continue. So he's treated very well by the captain. Um, he's got the captain's lodge. He's got the captain's daughter, you know, the whole the whole thing. Um, but but yeah, it it it's not going to go. It's not going to continue for him as we move on land here. Yeah, well, and I think um, you know I think the show does a really good job of kind of taking this whole sequence and you know this is an hour long chapter um, in the in the audiobook and condensing it down to about five minutes and I think it does a really really good job at that. Um, but if you're Balon Greyjoy, and I think this is what we'll what we see as as we dive into this chapter a little bit more. Is there any reason really to uh I mean he's already he's got he's got his daughter who he has far more faith in and this is your son who's you haven't seen in 10 years. So yeah. what are you yep. I mean you haven't seen him, you haven't heard anything from him. What are you right. really to expect from him? Hey, you know what? And he's and Hey dad. Real, real quick and he is flying yeah. and he is here. It's not like he it's not like he's saying I've escaped, I'm coming home. It's I'm coming here on behalf. Well, he does. He doesn't know that yet. But well, yeah, yeah. He does. I mean, yeah. He he very much can assume that he's coming on behalf of on Rob. Behalf of right. Robbie, right. Yeah. Um. So, I I kind of felt like at one point I felt like he ought to just say like, "Hey, Dad, how about you don't lose the rebellion, okay, yeah. and get me sent off to to you know off off north, okay? How about that, like." That's where I, 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 you, you wanted to say something, and he starts to kind of talk back to he his does. father a little bit. Not that I think you should, or that that's that's right, but I just was like, "Gee, many Christmas, you're you're making it out like it's his fault that he was taken in, and you give him no chance to sort of, um, like prove himself. You don't see like you, they they focus on all of the differences, and he focuses like his father focuses on all of the negatives versus trying to see the positive or see that he's grown into a man." Uh, and it's just sort of baffling. Now, again, I think Theon's super arrogant and, and kind of cocky coming in here thinking he's the heir, and so maybe he did need knocked down a notch, but at the same time, it's like, wow, that is, that's got to be something to have, you know, his first half, the first half of his life, he's raised here for the first 10 years, and then that second 10, he's up in the north, uh, and it's not his fault. I mean, it's not his fault that he's there. He was a young boy, he was 10 years old, I think, around about when he was taken, and his brothers were at war, they were killed, but yeah, I, I, I gotta say, Dad, that's on you, man. That's like I'm I'm coming back, and I can't believe that you're not excited for me to be here. But it's also a di- it's a different time. I think had he have come 
back at a more like a, like a peaceful time and not this time of opportunity, then I think things would have been different because when, as he's pulling up here, we notice in the chapter that he had called his, um, that Balin Greyjoy had called his banners, right? And he sees the ships out there, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah, and, yep. and yeah, so just, he's, he's kind of wondering like, is, is his father being cautious because this time of war and these various Kings are, are, uh, uh, fighting or is it, is he planning on something? At first, he almost thinks, does he know why I'm coming? No, wait, he can't know. I mean, he, he keeps touching sort of the letter that Rob has sent or given to him to take. And it's like, uh, it's not that. It's, it's, there's something else. There's something else here. And so we kind of, as we fall, you know, Theon along, we'll, we'll eventually see uh, where that gets us. But yeah. 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 I mean, um, it's, it, it, is, it is just interesting, really, because it's not like it was Theon's fault. It's not like Theon. Yeah. It's not like Theon was an adult and got captured, or mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's just Balon Greyjoy. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say I, it. I, I, of all the of all the rebellions, right? I mean, it's just kind of dumb. I mean, what is your what's you missed your real opportunity? I mean, mm-hmm. at least now he's he, he's starting a rebellion at a at a good time. If there ever was a time to rebel, yes. it would be right now when the whole Seven Kingdoms is at war, and well, not the whole Seven Kingdoms, but the majority of the Seven Kingdoms is at war. Dorns, hey, we're out of this. The Vale, we're really kind of out of this. Um, so I mean, right now is definitely the prime the prime time. But when he did it after robert's rebellion was a pretty idiotic mm-hmm. time to do it like what was your i just don't get what his expectation was yeah i mean i think the only thing i mean he, he is kind of thinking that robert is is new i think it was five years after yeah i mean it was definitely um, he, he it was tr- definitely a it, period yeah of time it was not where you could rebuild and everything yeah yeah so maybe they weren't I, th- I think, and what I've read somewhere is that they were re- like working on building the Iron Fleet. So he was trying to build that up to then maybe um, have a better naval presence or something, and then take take Robert in that in that regard. But he declares himself, and they go in there just to just uh, yeah, you know, take him out. Uh, but yeah, th- it is interesting. This is a better time. This is a better time for him to kind of go uh, find so find a weakness, hone in on it, and. Yeah, or yeah, exploit it and proclaim yourself to be king and take over. Get you get you a little cut. Uh and that's why I brought up in the beginning like the, like there's this idea that well, yeah, going back to the history, they used to rule like much more mm-hmm. land. It wasn't just these islands. And yeah. So 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 there's that. Yeah, and they're at a they're at a very um strategic disadvantage at this point because they're just they only have these three islands. It's not like they have land somewhere else that they can get people from. In all honesty, as crazy as it sounds, I think, you know, if you look at a map of Westeros, um, mm-hmm. in all honesty, you're if you were and trying to think of just if I were Balon Greyjoy and I wanted to go to war. I mean, even look at I mean, even look at Stannis. Stannis doesn't have a huge army. But he has an army big enough to just take King's Landing. I don't think Stannis would be able to, um, you know, take declare war on the entire Seven Kingdoms. 
yeah, from Dragon right, from right, Dragonstone. Right, from Dragonstone. So what I would do is, you know, you're on Pike. It's not like you have a lot of resources. I think I might try and possibly go get wildlings. Yeah, right. I mean, if you're Balin Greyjoy, you could you could bring Mance Raider's entire army around the wall, and you could probably do it without a lot of people knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, they, they could. That that would be because I mean, because once you because once you land, how are you going to siege a castle? I mean, they the only reason they can take Winterfell is because nobody's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I don't really. I mean, unless they're just looking to like plunder, get some riches, get some resources, bring it back. Like they're not planning on I mean, they, because they talk in this chapter about Lannisport and being able to take it, but not really keep it right. Uh, yes, exactly. so it's sort of like that they they had that thought in this chapter, and he chose not to go there. But then he does go. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like what's the? Are you planning on keeping Winterfell or whatever? I, I don't know. I, like maybe, but yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I, I just yeah, I don't I don't You're really... also cut off from your your main like resource or your fleet or your 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 strong like like your powers, I would say. Right? Or where your strength yeah, yeah. is. You're just on the Iron Islands. Yeah, the Iron Islands just, just had a, an enormous strategic disadvantage. I I just I generally don't know what I would what would be your best course of action if you're if you're Balin Greyjoy and you want to seize seize more power. Yeah. Right. Uh, without without trying to start playing the game of thrones a little bit and i think that's why people look at them as in a way almost nomadic right oh it's the i did you pay the did you pay the iron price for that it's like well who uh, no i paid the gold price for it right i mean what look you know look what paying the iron price has gotten you yeah well we're really picking on the ironborn but i mean you know i mean it's it's what it well, it's not necessarily the Ironborn. I think it's specifically Balon Greyjoy. Yeah, okay, okay. Because Euron, at least in the show, right? I mean, that's well. Just say, he brings another another way of bit. thinking. And yeah, he's. I mean, even he though he is radical in his takeover and what they're going to do, he's willing to go make alliances and marriage alliances and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But he try. I mean, he tries to go marry Cersei, mm-hmm. and kind of does. I mean, it, I, I I'd have to really go back and look at season eight. Uh, I mean, I think he does. Does yeah, he? The, does he actually marry her? I think he does. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's also quick. It, I, um, sure, sure, sure. It's it's more that he's but, trying to get her with child, but that kind of thing, right? It was uh, yeah, right, exactly. And so, uh, I mean, I mean, that's at least he's trying to th- ha- right, like you said, have a different way of thinking and say, hey, maybe I can marry marry into it marry into a bigger family which could then turn into a keep i mean i would try to start marrying into western westeros uh kingdoms little little house houses and stuff like that and that's how you can really start building your building your um your yeah. region yeah and, and make it be on the make it be on the iron island right right yeah, and they're and they're just not. There's none. Well, look, look at the way in which they talk about their wives, right? So you talk about uh, it's mentioned here with the captain's daughter that she could be a salt wife, um, and, and right. someone that you that you acquired and that you know she's gonna. I don't know. She, she's with you because you captured her or you took her from someone or whatever you know it may be. And then you have your like your ironborn wife, right? Uh, and then you and then you've got your rock wives. You know, like it's 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 crazy. Like that culture doesn't lend itself well to saying, yeah, let's go in here and make some sort of um, arranged marriage, although they should. And that's sort of something that you're on 
starts to see maybe because he's more traveled or, or, or what have you that he understands that we need to change things a little bit, keep our core values here. But yeah, yeah, change, change strategy a little bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, the Iron Islands are not that far off from the twins. I mean, heck, I mean, you're you could just sail literally almost right there. I mean, it's not like Walter Frey doesn't have a billion <laughs> kids to marry. Right. I mean, to 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 marry off, but that's just not how Bayline Greyjoy wants to play. Right. So, so all right. Well, um, okay. So yeah, back to the chapter here. So Theon is sailing in. Uh, he's got the whole, you know, there's a big section of him and the captain's daughter. We'll just kind of skip over that. Wow, uh, you know, people are going seriously. <laughs> Sir Matt and Ez are not really you not. guys you guys you guys aren't gonna talk you guys aren't gonna talk about that. I mean he's looking up with the So many jokes he's, to be I made. Mean, in, I, in a way in in a way he's kind of being a he jerk, is jerk about it because well, he is a jerk. I mean he is. And he's kind of rubbing it in the in, you know, the captain's face. I mean, he says that the the daughter was a maiden. Yeah. Yeah. Uh at first. And so but he promises he doesn't necessarily promise, but he he alludes to the fact that assisting me will provide you with mm-hmm, gold. Mm-hmm down the road to the captain um and so then the captain's daughters the captain is he's not really happy about it but he does just kind of let it happen yeah well i will say i i think they mentioned in the chapter that uh, a few drinks and a few whispers in her ear and and but else also he's a he's a guy who he's a lord right he's in a position of power right and so there's that whole thing but uh yeah, I mean, he doesn't treat her well, and then he doesn't follow through with any. I don't think you know his his promise really, or or even like he kind of left her with this. He, he he mentions that you could be like my salt wife, but then there's nothing to that. That's not going to be the case. And she really just wants mm-hmm. off of this ship. We'll just jump to that. I mean, the idea is she, she she is getting, uh, she's going to be punished by her father, and she's asking for a place on shore where she where she can work for him or warm his bed at night or or whatever. And yeah. No can do. He's he's going to ignore and he's just going to move on. He wants to come in there um, free of any association like that with with, you know, anyone outside of the Iron Islands. You know, I just something kind of funny. I kept I kept thinking, man, his member is mentioned quite a bit. And and uh, it's just funny to me because I thought, well, it does it allude. Get it in now. (laughs) Get it in now because it's it's uh, you can't get it in later. So (laughs) he was like, I mean, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Um, but this is, I forgot how, like, this is an adult series. Like I was like, this is, um, it is. this is the chapter that kind of reminds me of that. I was like, wow. Right. I, I actually forgot how much of that stuff was, was in there. Like him just is like the intercourse and everything that, that takes place. So, yeah. So, um, okay. So as his ship kind of begins to draw near to Pike, um, he's kind of looking to see as if some sort of. Uh, you know, it's gonna be like a, a company of men just waiting on him, hand and foot, when he gets there. Um, when the ship lands, uh, you know, the captain announces him, and like nobody is really cares. Yeah, right. They're just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> there's like these merchants, and uh, they're just really unimpressed and don't even don't even recognize him. And I, that's something else. I think Theon. It's it starts out right with Theon having all of these great hopes and ambitions of oh I'm gonna get there it's gonna be great they're gonna love me I've, I'm the prodigal son I've returned mm-hmm. and then it's not the case not the case not yeah. the case yeah. as it just continues to go as it just continues to go south for yeah him. and that sucks I mean I think that's uh, this is an exciting time for him because he's created this plan he has this alliance with Rob 
Um, he came up with this. Hey, send me back. I can help us acquire this, you know, territory or, or maybe be of some strategic advantage to you. And he's ready to go. He's ready to be in that position. And, and he also, I think, I think, you know, he thinks that, um, well, again, this will show you that the iron islands that they're so far removed, even though that they're, they're in the know on what's, on what's happening here with the, with this, this war. Theon knows how powerful the Starks are, and he thinks that he's coming in here with this big opportunity for his his people, and they don't want that. They again, they're gonna they're gonna earn it the right way. It's gonna be you know bought the Iron Way, right, with the Iron Price, and it's it's just not gonna that's 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 what they're gonna pay. They're not going. It's nothing's gonna be given to them. They they don't want that. So it just sucks. It just sucks. Um, yeah, yeah, because he shows up with you know all this armor and wants to look impressive and you buy that with gold yeah. or the iron price. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so really like, let's, let's get into one, uh, like an interesting character here, right? Um, Aaron Greyjoy, who I think is mm-hmm. very interesting and, and you can, it's, it's, it's brief, but you hear about him being one of the younger son or uh, brothers, um, his, his uncle, this is, this is Theon's uncle and he's known as uh, Damper, right? Uh, just mm-hmm. because of his association with the uh, gods and and or the the drowned god and um yeah and he's now like a like a, a priest right uh, he's like a what, what do mm-hmm. they call him yeah uh yeah yeah he's he's a bearded priest right yeah he's yeah, got a the pre- yeah priest of the yeah he's got god. the seaweed in his beard and everything and he's just kind of kind of crazy but he almost doesn't recognize him Theon right right away and he goes from being this this individual who was drinking who was um fond of women and and maybe a little rowdy and all this kind of stuff. And I guess, like like what's said in the chapter is that he his ship goes down and he survives. And they like essentially the drowned god send him sends him back. Um, what's dead may never die, right? Uh, so so here he is, and he's a holy man now. He's holy. Yeah, um, I'm trying to see who whose ship it was that. Uh, uh, it was um, the Baratheons, right? Uh, it was the Fury, right? It was the which. You know, so um, says during Greyjoy's rebellion, Ar- um, Arian uh, joined his brothers Victorian and Euron in raiding the coast. Uh, Arian nearly dr- nearly drowned when the Golden Storm was sunk by the war galley Fury during the Sea Battle of Fair Isle, when the Ironborn fleet was caught in a trap set by the Master of Ships, Lord Stannis Baratheon. Uh, Arian was initially believed to be lost at sea, but he washed ashore and was discovered by local fishermen, who led him to Lannisport in chains. Um, Aaron spent the rest of the rebellion as a prisoner of the Lannisters, but he was later returned to the Iron Islands. Um, he spent uh, time as a captive holding piss contests with lions, boars, and chickens. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> great claim to fame. Oh, wow. Yeah, great claim. To, yeah. Yeah, so so very different. I, I think it's one of the things that, like, later on, Theon says that everything here is the same, but yet everything is different. Uh, it's weird. So right. the maester that is is not there. Um, ah, gosh, the the individuals is Castellan, right? Is not there. Like there's so many different people who are who are who have changed or who are different. But the place is the same. Everything looks the same. He can remember uh, the bridge, and and it yeah, it's just it's it's a little odd to him. It's a little off putting. But uh, yeah, so so Aaron meets him, and uh, when when you know Theon is talking about how like he's back and why you know. Why is it that? Well, I think he asked the question, right? Why are you here to greet me? Why is my father not here? And he gets scolded, like like Aaron scolds him, uh, essentially saying, like it's not for you to question, 
Like this is not your this is not your place. And he's immediately being sort of squashed a little bit. And every time that he he questions a little bit too much or he shows any of that pride or that I don't know, swagger, whatever it may be, uh he gets he gets squashed mm-hmm. and he gets kind of rebuked a little bit. Uh first by Aaron, it'll happen later, uh with with his father. But yeah, yeah. So he's he's being told yeah. what's up. Uh and yeah. Yeah, and he and and yeah, and he kind of asks them some questions, right? You know, says, "Do you pray to the start gods now?" Um, Theon, who doesn't pray at all, says, "No." Uh, he commands him to kneel in the mud and drenches his head with seawater, uh, you know, from reconnecting him to to the drowned god. He then goes on to tell Theon about like what's going on uh, in the Iron Islands. Uh, he informs him, you know, his mother now lives on Harlaw uh, because her health and just because of her health uh his sister asha which is okay so that is one of the biggest differences if you are a show to book person in the book her name is asha in the show her name is yara Mm -hmm. so that is that's really one of our first bigger kind of disconnects we've gotten to in in the show in the book um I think the reason they do it in the show from what I've what I read in the past is that you have the character osha Mm -hmm. the wildling um that they capture who travels around with Bran and Hodor um they just didn't they didn't want those names to be so similar so you have Osha and Asha uh so they changed it to Yara yeah yeah so that's yeah that's one of our biggest that's actually our first really biggest differences between the show and the book well, um, when I know when we were talking about the show I sometimes would say Asha and people were like we'll say Asha who are you talking about and I, I I just it was hard for me idea. to kind of remember what I was talking yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so for people who send us messages, either way is fine. Um, we we, yeah. we know the difference, but yeah. So uh, Asha Greyjoy, um, you know she is now in charge of the ship Black Wind. Uh, she's gone to Great Wick, another one of the three uh, Iron Islands. You know, with messages from her father. You know, then Theon asks, you know, like uh, why his father has assembled his forces, but Aaron insists uh, Balon commanded secrecy. Um, and then he, you know, he, he starts, the end starts to protest stating, you know, he has a right to know, uh, as Balin's heir and Arian replies, you know, we shall see. Yeah. We shall see. Yeah. That, that. Yeah. I mean, like he, he's just not treated with any respect at all. It's almost like he's treated as if he, uh, he's, he's like an unwelcomed guest or like, like they begrudgingly yeah. are welcoming him back. It's, it's weird. Um, mm-hmm. And he gets all tests. They're trying to see how much of the uh, the mainland ways have sort of uh, rubbed off on him. And they, they want to see if he still holds to the old gods and knows the words. So it's, it's, I, think, I don't know if it's more of a test. I, I kind of imagine that Balon later is going gonna, is gonna to follow up with Aaron and say, how'd he do on the way here? I mean, like, I think maybe that's some of what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I do as well. And Again, it's just more as you get further and further down, all of these things, you know, the Iron Islands, as we've been saying, are totally different than the rest of Westeros. And just because you're a man doesn't mean as much here as it does um, there, which is kind of similar to Dorne in a way. And so you start to see almost these different these kind of similarities between Dorne and even the Wildlings and uh, the Iron Islands in that they have a much bigger respect for women and their ability. You know, it's kind of like power is power. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what? The word I was looking for earlier when we were talking about the iron islands initially is uh grim. It's a grim place. Yeah. And so here, here we go. First, I want to mention, um, as you said, he was testing, he was testing Theon. So Aaron, 
uh, Greyjoy was, was testing him and wanting to know if he still worshipped those those gods. I, I actually like this this line, um, this this little passage here. So I'm gonna read this. So uh, as he's pouring the water over him, that the salt water, he says, you know, he could taste the ocean on his lips. Um, Let Theon, your servant, be born again from the sea as you were. Aaron intoned. Bless him with salt, bless him with stone, bless him with steel. Nephew, do you still know the words? What is dead may never die, Theon said, remembering. What is dead may never die, his uncle echoed, but rises again harder and stronger. Stand. It's cool. They got to, it's, 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 uh, I, I, I actually remember like anytime someone like in the show, um, there were funny memes going around. Like if somebody was, what, like died that you didn't want to to die <laughs> and you wanted him to go back you know like they, people would use that line it was just kind of hysterical so what what's is, what's yeah, dead what may is, never die yeah right hey so. john snow what's dead may never die spoilers right, back, yeah. uh if you haven't gotten there yeah yeah uh yes yeah. so, so so there's that and okay here we go here's the grim uh piece to this he's wondering like how are things and what's been going on and and uh will i find the islands changed and Aaron says, men fish the sea, dig in the earth and die. Women give, um, women birth children in blood and pain and die. Night follows day. The winds and the tides remain. The islands are as our gods made them. I mean, that's it. He's just sort of a, a grim, dreary type of guy. And that seems to be the atmosphere here. So it kind of brings you down a little bit, I guess. And that's maybe why when I read some of this, I'm sort of like, all right, come on. Can we get some, you know, some sunshine in here a little bit or something? But yeah, it's just. Not the not the way. No, definitely, definitely not, definitely not the way. Um, okay, so after that, you know, again, he, uh, Theon, and he are having kind of a conversation about you know what happened to you, um, just kind of bringing him up to speed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he is testing him. You know, a lot of his questions are testing him because they want to see: Are you a Greyjoy or are you a Stark? Is is some of the is some is some of some of these mm-hmm. some of these questionings that um, uh, that's going on. And we and it, there a lot of this is a lot of history. This chapter has a lot of kind of history, but it's, it's really the first Greyjoy um, chapter. The, um, uh, let me see here. You know, so then finally Theon uh, could suffer it no longer. You know, he says Rob Stark is Lord of Winterfell now. Uh, you know, Aaron wrote on because they don't. They obviously do not are not kind to the idea of Eddard Stark. Right. Um, you know, Aaron wrote on one wolf is much like the other. Rob has broken fealty with the iron throne and crowned himself King of the North. There's war. Uh, the Maester's Ravens fly over the salt as soon as rock. This is, this is news. Uh, this news is old and cold. It means a new day. Uncle every morning brings a new day, much like the old and river run. They would tell you different. They would say the red comet is a herald of a new age, a messenger from the gods. Uh, sign it is the priest agreed but our gods not uh but from our gods not theirs a burning brand it is such as our people carry uh carried of old it is the flame of the drowned god brought from the sea and it proclaims a rising tide it is time to hoist our sails and go forth into the world with fire and sword as he did so again as we've been saying um this comet Everyone has a different opinion. Everyone thinks that this comet means for them. Theon earlier says, you know, maybe this chapter, maybe this, this comet is for me coming home. Yeah. Yes. Right. You know, and I was something I was going to, yeah, meant to bring up since this is his first, uh, you know, point of view here, he's got to make a comment on it. And he did in the, in the beginning of this chapter and uh, yeah, what he thinks versus even what, even though he is air quote, ironborn, um, Aaron Greyjoy mm-hmm. thinks something very different. 
And again, his focus and his lens is the gods and their gods specifically. So, yeah. And, and you're right, by the way, um, about the history. I mean, they go over the Greyjoy Rebellion and basically how his brothers were were killed and who killed them. And you, the, yeah. George does this a lot, where you jump right into the chapter, you're right there, and then you'll have the you're the character reflect on how they got to this point. So, so now you come upon this. He's talking about Jason uh, Malister, right? And he's talking about how he was, mm -hmm. how we traveled uh, from Rob and and where where he was going, and he ravens were sent out to kind of let. Um, Balon know that he was coming, but yeah. So he talks about uh, just that, just that uh, the Malister that Malister was was basically responsible for killing one of his brothers, and mm. yeah, 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 yeah. And um, you know, a lot of it has to, it, it comes with you know as he's describing what he's seeing, he's kind of reflecting back on on Pike and you know how this how this got here, right? You know, he talked about the Sea Tower and some of these other, um, you know, these other structures that we see um you know it's, it's it was night on sunset when they reached the walls of pike a crescent of dark stone that ran from cliff to cliff with the gatehouse in the center and three square towers to either side the young could make out the scars left by the stones of robert baratheon's catapults right so just so like that there's a lot of world building in this uh in this chapter for the iron island since it's our first time there mm -hmm. um and, and and describing it so yeah, so so here you go, right? So so the gates stood open, the ruster the the, the rusted iron uh, portcullis drawn up. The guards atop the battlements watched with strangers' eyes as Theon Greyjoy came home at last. So strangers' eyes, like they don't they don't know him. I mean, he's he's a stranger to them. They're strangers to what? They're it's just he could be anybody. Yeah, really. these people they they don't know him, and he doesn't even know them. Things have changed so much. So yeah, it's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you know, a bleak and bitter homecoming, he thought, which is exactly, I mean, if you wanted to sum this chapter up in one sentence, uh, yeah. that's, that's it. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, they did go over and we, this, as you were talking about, I don't know if we mentioned it or not, but Asha, right. And just where, the, where she's at and that she's been sent out to do some stuff on behalf of her father. Yeah. So she's not there. Um, and, and yeah, so he gets led in here and, uh, gets a little, even the room they give him is terrible, right? What was the, that room? It was, um, and there's some special meaning to that. Uh, mm -hmm. Led him to the bloody keep. The halls were larger and better furnished, if no less cold or damp. Theon was given a suit of... Um, uh, a suite of chilly room. Yeah. Um, with, ceiling, with ceilings so high they were lost in There it blue. is, yep. Uh, yeah, he might have been more impressed if he had not known that these were the very chambers that had given the Bloody Keep its name. A thousand years before, the sons of the River King had been slaughtered here, hacked to bits in their beds so that their pieces of their body might be sent back to their father on the mainland. Mm -hmm. mainland. Yeah, and actually the River King there, that the reference, you remember I, uh, we were talking again about that history and how much they, like the Riverlands and how they acquired that land and the turmoil between the two. So here, here's some of that uh, in this chapter references if you will yeah and so he's just talking about you know the wall hangings were green with mildew the mattress musty smelling and, and sagging uh, th uh the rushes old and brittle years had come and gone since these chambers had last been opened uh the damp went bone deep i'll have a basin of hot water and a fire in this hearth see that the light braziers in the other rooms uh to drive out some of the chill and gods be good get someone in here to change uh these rushes you know yes my lord as you commanded she 
she fled. After some time, they brought the hot water he had asked for. It was only tepid and soon cold and seawater um, in, you know, in the bargain, but it served to wash out the dust from the long ride of his face and hair. Um, you, you know, so he is, he is at least getting treated somewhat decent here. And this is about it for the entire entire chapter. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, and I guess it's like on one hand, I feel bad for him, but on the other, the way he commands and orders people around him. So we're like, come on. I like, it just doesn't, it's, it's different. And it clashes with the way Eddard Stark talked to people and, and the way even Rob's, you know, you know, talks to his men. And Theon did this when he was there. Maybe it's it's just more pronounced. We can see it more because we're just focused on him, and we see him interacting with just even servants. And we're like, "Come on, man! Like that's just, I don't know. Like that's just sort of his demeanor. And he's very, very, very proud. Um, and he's coming in here thinking he's the heir. And everyone's saying, "Well, we'll see." So in 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 some regard, I'm sort of like, "Okay, like that sucks," but but also. Maybe you should have came in a little more humble, uh, perhaps. Mm. So yeah. Um, okay, so then basically he, uh, you know, g- gets up and he's riding to meet his father. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, and so he he rides in. We get uh, Balin Greyjoy. Um, you know, had always been thin, but now he looked as though the gods had put him in a cauldron and boiled every spare ounce of flesh from his bones until nothing remained but hair and skin. Bone thin and bone hard he was, with a face that might have been chipped from flint. His eyes were flinty too, black and sharp, but the years and the salt winds had turned his hair into the gray of a winter sea. Flecked with white caps, unbound, it hung past the small of his back. Nine years, is it? Lord Balin said at last. Ten, Theon answered, pulling off his torn gloves. A boy they took, his father said. What are you now? A man, Theon answered. Your blood and your heir. Lord Balon grunted. We shall see. <laughs> you shall, Theon promised. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just yeah. like, this is your son, man. Well, I mean, okay. It's, and it's not his fault yeah. that yeah. he was put in the situation he was. Right, exactly. And, and it's... The the thing is, I you you can excuse the the small folk here and and the guards and different people who don't know him or or whatever, and he's this proud right. lord, or whatever, because he's also like I said, he's a little he's a little bit of a jerk uh, to, to to some degree. Mm-hmm. But when you come across his uncle and his father and later his sister, I'm a little, I'm just sort of like, hold on a second. I mean, now th- now they may think, well, the Starks treated you well, and and you were. Um, like like you were you were a ward there, but you maybe lived a better lifestyle. Maybe it wasn't as harsh. Maybe uh, it was more cush in 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 their mind. But still, wasn't his fault. That's not where he wanted to be. I mean, you have to think about the emotional like toll that takes on a, on on a kid. He's pulled from his his family, his mother and his father and his sister, and his brothers were just killed. So, and again, hey, dad, this is because you decided to go to war. So, I mean, it, it is good. This is a good, um, this is a good point of view to have because this is what George does. He does, he does this for, for, for the reader. Makes, he makes us struggle a little bit and go back and forth on whether, do we like this character? Do we not like this character? Um, yeah. And then watch what he does. He's going to, he's going <laughs> to, whoever doesn't like Theon by the end, you're going, all right, all right, I see you. Yeah. Um yeah, exactly. Uh he, I mean that's <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll get to more of that here here in here in a second. Um so 
you know, his his conversation uh, continues going. You know, ten years, you say, Stark had you as long as I, and now you come as his on, you know, his envoy, uh, not his. He said, Lord Eddard is dead, um, beheaded by the Lannister Queen. They are both dead, Stark and Robert, who broke my walls with his stones. I vow I'd live to see them both in their graves, and I have. He grimaced as if like, like you, you like you had something to do with mm-hmm. it. Yet the cold and the damp still make my joints ache as when they were alive. So what does it serve? Um, you know, Theon, I bring a letter. Uh, did Ned Stark dress you like that? Uh, was it his pleasure to garb you in velvets and silks and make you his own sweet daughter? Uh, Theon uh, starts to get blood mm-hmm. <laughs> rising in his face. I am no man's daughter. Uh, if you mislike my garb, I will change it. You will. Um, that bauble around your neck, was it bought with gold or iron? Theon touches the gold chain. He had forgotten it had been so long. In the old way, women might decorate themselves with ornaments brought with coin, but a warrior only with the jewelry he took off, paying the iron price it was called. Uh, You blush red as a maid, Theon. A question was asked. Is it the gold you paid or the iron? The gold, Theon admitted. His father slid his fingers under the necklace and gave it a yank so hard it was like to take Theon's head off. My daughter has taken an axe for a lover. Um, I will not have my son... uh, you know, Bedek, Bedek himself like a whore. Uh, he dropped the broken chain of the brazier mm-hmm. where it slid down amongst the coals. It is as I feared. The Greenlands have made you soft and the Starks have made you theirs. Yep. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So so that's, his, you know, here's the thing. I wouldn't be as, um, I guess I wouldn't be, if if I didn't know what happened and I was reading this for, reading this for the first time and I can't even remember how I felt when I first read this, but because uh, I've read it so many times, but it, it's sort of like he, I know what happens later and how and how Theon is treated, and so right here, if this were just a test and we we're just sort of like trying to check to see where he's at and hey, we need to bring him back and 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 pull some of this Stark nature out of him. Okay, all right, that's fine. But since I know where they go with this and how they treat him and basically he's not one of them, I'm like. Oh, it means, I don't know. It's just a little upsetting. So, Yeah. Um, okay, so he goes on a little bit more. You know, the Wolf King needs your counsel. Uh, does he, you know, the notion seem to amuse Lord ba- Balon. He needs me, yes, or he heeds me, yes. I've hunted with him, trained with him, shared meat and mead with him, warred at his side. I have earned his trust. He looks on me as an older brother. You know, no, his father jabbed a finger at his face. Not here in Pike, not... In my hearing, you will not name him brother, the son of the man who put your true brothers to the sword, or have you forgotten, uh, you know, Roderick and Marin, Marin, who were your own blood? I forget nothing. Ned Stark had killed neither of his brothers. In truth, Roderick had been slain by Lord Jason Malister, a seaguard Marin crushed in the collapse of the old South Tower, but Stark would have done for them just as quick as he as the tide of battle uh, chanced to sweep them together. I remember my brothers very well, Theon insisted. Um, I remember when my father was a king, too. He took out Rob's letter and thrust it forward. Here, read it, your grace. Um, yeah, there you go. I mean, I thought, and he, I thought that, like, I wish he could have done more with that. But, like, yeah, I remember when my, when, when my father was a king, too. You know, and I almost, again, I know ambition is sort of in, that's a good thing in their culture and, and what have you. But, yeah, I remember when, when my father was an ambitious king who got his sons killed and his other son taken away. All right. So and then gets upset again and then gets upset at Theon for thinking he's not, you know, for saying Rob Stark has been very kind to me uh, and more kind than you, dad. But 
but, I mean, but being like, but being like, well, are you a Stark or are you this? So it's like, it's like you want you want un you want complete loyalty for uh something bad that you caused, uh and yeah. <laughs> I mean it's like and then being upset that the situation you were put in, um uh, is was a decent place. It's like what would you rather have him been like a tor- uh a horrible you know beaten prisoner his whole life, like I mean what is his ex what is his expectation? Yeah, 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 really, it's. And I think he would have known. I think I'm sure. I'm, I'm actually sure a lot of this was was developed. Like over the course of those ten years, they probably got reports and they heard, or maybe and not that they saw him, but they heard how well he was living and that things were going well. And I think that probably caused them to resent him a little bit. And it's crazy mm-hmm. that like he missed you. He wanted to be home. He would he would rather be living in harsher conditions with his family uh, than living up here with these people who didn't truly have love right. for him. Were more jailers than they were anything else so um yeah ab- yeah absolutely so uh okay so he says you know so the boy would give me a crown again all i need to do is destroy his enemy um uh, by now rob is at the golden tooth the says once it falls he'll be through the hills in the day lord tywin's host is at Harrenhal, cut off from the west the kingslayer is a capture at, captive at river run only sir stafford or stafford lannister and the uh and the raw green uh levies he's been gathering remain uh, to oppose rob in the west uh skip forward a little bit here lord balon um casterly rock has never fallen until now mm-hmm. theon smiled and how sweet that'll be so this is why rob stark sends you back to me after so long so you might win my consent to this plan of his it is my plan not rob's theon said mine as the victory will be mine and in the time uh the crown i will lead uh the attack myself if it pleases you as my reward i would ask that you grant me casterly rock for my own seat uh with the rock he could hold lannisport and the golden lands of the west it would mean wealth and power such as house Greyjoy had never known uh you reward yourself handsomely for this notion and a few lines of scribbling his father uh read the letter again the pup says nothing about a reward only that you speak for him and i am to listen and give him my sails and swords and in my return he will give me a crown Mm-hmm. He will give me a crown. Yep. A poor choice of words. What is meant is um, the boy will give me a crown and what is given can be taken away. Lord Balon tossed the letter onto the brazier, uh, the brazier uh, atop the necklace. The parchment curled, blackened and took flame. Have you gone mad? You know, Theon says, you know, mind your tongue. You are not in Winterfell now and I am not rob the boy that you should speak to me so i am the Greyjoy, lord reaper of pike king of salt and rock son of the sea wind and no man gives me a crown i pay the iron price i will take my crown he's gonna take it i mean he's not gonna be given to him it's it's not he's yeah. not he's not having that and we've been talking about their culture and this is this is this is their way okay this is this mm-hmm. is the way for them mm-hmm. uh yeah so yeah and the yeah then then theon uh stands back and this is where everything everything every i mean series changing chapter yeah yeah uh, yeah <laughs> i mean this is this is, is such a huge moment right here because of what it entails later you know theon edged backward away from the sudden fury in his father's tone take it then he spat Call yourself king of the Iron Islands. No one will care until the wars are over. And to the victor, looks uh, about you know the spies and the old fool perched on um, off his shore with an iron crown on his head. 
Uh, well, at least you are no craven, no more than I'm a fool. Do you think I gather my ships to watch them rock at anchor? I mean to carve out a kingdom with fire and sword, but not from the west, and not from the bidding of King Rob the boy. Casterly Rock is too strong, and Lord Tywin too cunning uh, You know, by half. Uh, we might take Landisport, but we should never keep it. No, I hunger for a different plum. Not so juicy sweet, to be sure, yet it hangs there ripe and undefended. Where, Theon might have asked, but by then he knew. Let's go. Series changing, man. I mean, this this was when I, I remember watching this for the first time because uh, I, you know, I didn't I didn't touch the books until season four or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, when I saw Theon basically betray Rob, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not good. And it just it change it just change it changes everything. It changes because if this hadn't happened, oh, I know, I know. It's 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 totally. It's, it's such a bit. It's such it's such a huge turning point in the series. Yeah. So if the Iron Islands does not betray Rob, the Starks here, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like I it it, it um, had they have followed through. I mean. Rob wins, I think. I mean, Rob, or at least is, is in a better position to retreat, and then I I don't think the Freys are gonna are gonna make their pack with the Lannisters. I think they're gonna see the strength in Rob, even if he does sort of um, you know not take one of Walter Frey's daughters. I, yeah, I, I I totally think it's a, it's a game changer, and this this could have been completely different. So like that one decision does change everything. Well, and it's really the first decision i would say at least for rob's for rob's war um because it causes him to have to backtrack it causes him to uh i mean everything everything changes for him he might he might still end up marrying a fray uh if this doesn't happen Mm -hmm. and really um the only thing you know it, it it would have been interesting to see you know if you want to play what if here if this doesn't happen, and let's say Balin Greyjoy even agrees to go along with it, then you know I is the war with the Lannisters I think would be over a lot quicker, and then it would turn into basically Rob maybe for Stannis because Stannis I think would still probably kill Renly, yeah, yeah, and then Stannis would probably much easier have much easier time taking King's Landing because. Uh, even if Tyrion does the whole sure wildfire sure. thing, yeah. Um, well, uh, Tywin doesn't show up to save the day, yep, so yep. yeah, that's that's still gonna be uh, up in the air. Actually, King's Landing would be up in the air because if you tie up Tywin and he has he's not able to get down there and help, well, okay, I mean, right, and then and then you think about <laughs> and then you think about well, if Stannis can take King's Landing. Um, it's possible, uh, that Sansa may not, you know, cause Cersei was possibly going to kill her, mm-hmm. right. Yep. You know, yep. um, or have them, have them kill themselves, but it's possible that Sansa Stark doesn't die because maybe Cersei said, maybe, maybe Cersei tries to sell her to Stannis, right? Because, Hey, once you take here, this is going to be a valuable, yeah. um, you know, a valuable commodity or something. And so, well, and then that's, 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 so, that's then a bargaining chip with Rob if Rob, would, bar- yeah. Ex- or exactly yeah. or hey maybe you can come maybe 
yeah maybe, i love the what we'll if give you, i mean there's there's so yeah. many things yeah. that hinge upon this decision yeah 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 it, it's it's actually it is it is a big deal and it's it's one of those things you know and, and i talked at the beginning of this um uh, episode of the show that that the ironborn kind of um i don't like them and for this this reason i mean not just Dion being a jerk or him being proud or whatever. It's it's this uh, it's this move that they make. It's a good move for them, but it's also just it's devastating for the Starks, and it just um, yeah changes everything. So yeah, you could go with the we, we could go on with what ifs for, forever on that. I think that's kind of fun to to think about because I, I I mean I could see I, I actually ultimately my, like my final point there is I could see Rob eventually coming to a stalemate with either Stannis or Tywin, and then just going back being king in the north, and then almost having three kings or, or three powerful regions and that just being it, the Lannisters getting back and keeping Lannisport and the, and Castle Rock. And that's, mm-hmm. that's it. And then uh, the Starks have the North and it's, it really comes down to, to then because already Rob has the Riverlands. They've already declared for him. And that's something I think we forget sometimes. It's like, yeah, that he acquired a whole nother region essentially. So yeah, it would have been interesting. Yeah, Thorn I mean, would have you split, know, you know, the veil might've, you, I mean, I mean, you, I mean, you also think about, you also think about, you know, Catelyn's on her way to go meet with Renly, right? And so, I mean, there, it's possible maybe, you, you know, it's like the butterfly effect. Who, who knows what could happen? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. all, it could all, it could, it could all change. Stannis might not end up killing Renly. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. you, just, you never, you never know. I mean, because it, it, it changed, it would change the war so quickly if Balon Greyjoy were, say, sailed to Lannisport. I mean, now it's, it's, it's it. Everyone, sh- the the whole paradigm shifts because they basically view the Lannisters as out of it. Yeah, Stannis might not even Stannis might not even worry about Renly. He might just well, I'm just gonna go take King's Landing and then it's over. Right. Sorry. I'll deal with my brother later. Yeah, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to think about. So, uh, yeah, we'll kind of see the. Uh, we'll, just, we'll follow the we'll follow the Ironborn. We'll see what kind of mess they can make, and we know that's what it's gonna be. It's gonna be a mess. So <laughs> so. All right, man. Well, I think we got a couple of Ravens here, uh, yeah. Sir Ezra. Yeah, definitely. I wanted folks to stick around for the Ravens because I think we got some good ones here. And actually, just first up, uh, kind of a shout out here to to Sir Sir Jake who sent us this, uh, uh, just letting us know that he is he's a uh, leader of the free folk of the of the true north that he lives in a small town uh, in northern Alberta and found our podcast just a couple months ago. Uh, I'm writing this Raven to thank you guys before your podcast. I hadn't fully read. Uh, a book in 10 years and when I was a ju- um, when I was a junior in high school or back until he was yeah back in his junior year of high school uh, now I you know, now I am balls deep into a series of ice and fire and um, cruising through a clash of kings so thanks uh, for getting me back into reading uh, as it was something I missed and I wouldn't have started again if it wasn't for your podcast also on a funny note uh, the library here only had the first third and fourth of the books in the series so I had to uh, send out a raven to Amazon and order a couple myself. Thank you for receiving this and keep up the good work. So shout out to him. Anytime people just kind of send us in uh, a raven mm-hmm. and, and tell us they've been listening or that we got them fired up and, and and to get into the the reading, I think it's great because we often talk about, um, we are book and show. We, we talk about both and we have a lot of people who are just show heavy and, and they only watch the show. And we've tried to encourage people to get into the books now that the show is over. That was our big uh, push and our big goal and, and I think a lot of people have and it's it's awesome it's exciting really exciting yeah absolutely and for those of you maybe who are just checking us out here for the first time because you, you came up uh you know on YouTube or whatever um you know our ravens uh can be about any 
point in the series well you know it can be so it doesn't necessarily have to be about what the chapter we're discussing certainly those are obviously um, welcome as well but it could be anything it could be expanded stuff Dunkin' egg um thoughts on the show thoughts on the books just anything uh, if you know um uh, ravens can be any point in the series yeah yeah absolutely yeah so um okay with that here we go this is this is a good one uh concerning cersei's death uh, this is this is I thought this was kind of cool and I wanted to get your thoughts on this sir Matt so in episode five this is going back to season eight here uh, one of the mm-hmm. biggest takeaways was Cersei's death so many people have hated it they wanted something better and they wanted it by the hand of one of our heroes first of all we need to stop calling characters in this story uh, or series hero slash villain that's probably a good point yeah and then again this uh, shout out to Lady Amanda this came from her uh, they all Lady Amy Lady Amy so they all have character traits, yeah. So heroes and villains, and I kind of think like, yeah, the idea that um, that someone is only a hero or only a villain is not not always. It's not the case in this. There's a lot of ambiguous characters, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of gray. There's not just someone who's wholly light and wholly dark. Uh, let's see. They all have character traits in both categories, and therefore we cannot simply place them in one box. Cersei was a terrible person for sure. Uh, she has had decisions that seem irrational and fueled by something, uh, so, something further than, than than hate and rage. She is, however, motivated by her family and children. And being a mom, I hate even saying this, I can almost relate. I would do something fierce for my boys. Taking her situations and plot lines and background, I can almost, almost is a key word here, understand why she did the things that she did. But, but, taking away an honorable death by the hand of someone and instead having her cower in the dragon room in sheer panic and being crushed by the castle that wasn't really hers to begin with was poetic. What would she have done if someone came at her with a sword, a knife, uh, fight? We have, uh, have we ever seen her physically combat anyone? No. Uh, she's a mental fighter and a master manipulator. Seeing her break down and seeing that emotion was perfect for me. Perfect, I say. So, yeah. Again, Lady Amy. Yeah. Mother of wildlings. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, man. I, I agree, actually. I I actually really did like um, Cersei's death. And I get... Again, you know, this is, this is one of these things we've said a lot that has to deal with season eight. Um is kind of quick it what it for some people it seemed it didn't it didn't make as much sense um i thought in a way it kind of did fulfill the valencar a little bit because you on one hand it's Tyrion with daenerys so that's like the younger brother or you know possibly killing her there or jamie because jamie says no i think this is where we should go um you know we should go down here and then it's almost like his their decision to try and run and get out of the tunnels that he you know they know about um doesn't work um so I thought I thought it, I thought it was good. Um, I will it be different in the books, probably, or even if it's similar, it'll be more drawn out and as, as a bigger moment. Um, you know, sometimes with with the show, when you, when you only have limited amount of limited amounts of time, big, you know, big moments that could be two to three pages in a book end up only being 30 seconds of screen time. So, yeah. Um, I, I agree. I did. I did like it. I like that. It was actually almost her decisions, right? That, 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 that cost that her, her thinking that she has, she's finally, she's so powerful. 
um, her her that she's she's so powerful that at this point, like she's above it all, right? I mean, yeah. she's she's gone over the deep end. She doesn't have any children left, and all of this stuff. And so I I thought it, I thought it, I thought you know if you were to explain the story to me. I'd be like, oh, that's really good. Like, if you were reading the script, sure. I'd be like, that's a that's a good that's a good decision. But sometimes, you know, the execution may just not be what people. Yeah, that, um, and that that made people like you know right. like 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 Leia flying through space in the last <laughs> Jedi. You know, when I read when I read the spoilers, I was like, man, that sounds awesome. And then I saw it, and I was like, that looks cringy. You know, yeah. like it was it was kind of cringe worthy. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I hear you, and and I do think that uh, I I can't imagine her fighting for sure or fighting someone anyone physically so that so that's out and then i think make her being captured and uh either humiliated or or someone killing her in front of a crowd like eddard stark like there could have been some some that could have been somewhat poetic but you already had her more you know doing her walk of shame um we, we already saw sort of that moment so yeah this was interesting this was almost like it was her own undoing uh and and for all of her mastery of the Game of Thrones and knowing how to play the game really didn't matter in the end. Uh, it, it, and sometimes that's sort of our, our best laid plans, right? Um, often sort of go uh, in, in a direction we didn't expect them to go and, and, and fall apart on us. So, yeah, and then you, as you say, she's with her brother and, and that's sort of, um, yeah, to be together. I mean, right, they're, they're, they, they die together. Do you think that's how it's going to go down in the book? What do you think? No, only because I, you know, you and I talk about this a lot that we think that the book is going to be quite different. Um, I do think that the others, the, you know, the Night King, possibly, you know, um, will be more of a player in the in kind of in kind of the end. Um, so we'll see mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. But I, I. I so I think it's going to be totally different is, is, is where I'm at. Yeah. I, I think they knew she had to die and I, and, and maybe they were given direction that she would die in King's landing, but I don't know that they were given much more than that. If it was going to be, I, I don't, I just don't know what, what George gave them. And so, uh, yeah, no, we, we know, I, I believe she's going to die. Uh, I think she, that's, that's sort of the case. I don't think they would have killed her unless they, Oh, I definitely, yeah, I, I definitely do think she is dying. Yeah. I don't think she's surviving, I just, but I, I don't, I don't know if it's going to go, down the same sure way. sure yeah yeah i'm with you so um okay one more thing here uh before we hop out of this section so uh yeah jack and hagar right we always kind of go i i love when when he when his name pops up in the podcast and we end up talking about him a few weeks back maybe it was a month or so ago we were actually talking about him and the killing of pate and and um sort of this uh gosh this is over in old town and mm -hmm. Sir Eric actually sent us something here and just made a quick mention, just a quick comment. He, he's kind of, we, we talked about whether or not that assassin, that faceless man who was there to acquire the key. Again, this is an old town. I think this is, um, oh, this is in Feast, I'm pretty sure. Prologue, yeah. And it's sort of like, the discussion that we had was, was let's say I give Sir Matt, or, you know, let's just use Sir Matt as, as the example. And he is a, he's a faceless man and he is, I, I've I've ordered him to kill some high lord. Does that mean that he has the right to kill whoever he needs to 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 finish that mission? You, you know what I'm saying? It's like like is he is he allowed to kill whoever he needs to because he was paid and and the god of death you know needs like like this this lord or this king or whoever 
is named and anybody who gets in the way, whether it be an advisor or what have you, is going to be killed. Like I that so we were kind of going back and forth on on that and sort of like why is why is it that a faceless man would show up in Old Town and would kill Pate to get this key to the citadel? And at the end of I think it's um yeah, it's at it's the it's at the end of that book when uh Sam is there and uh you you've got um Alaris and Marwin the Mage, and they're talking, and it seems like again that that Pate, who was killed in the beginning, is there again. The faceless man had had sort of a, um, taken his face and is now in the citadel with the key, and 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 after something. So it just made me think, like if that truly is a faceless man, and that's an assassin, which we believe that it is. Like, how does that person? Why are they allowed to kill what seems like a pretty insignificant character to get the key? Like it was that where they paid to get a key and just that it makes me start to wonder if it is a faceless man. Does that make sense, Sir Matt? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like, let's say, you know, the step to Baylor, right? Cersei blows it up. Would you be allowed to do that in order to kill one person? Yeah. Um I don't I don't think so. I I they seem it seems pretty specific, right? Because I mean the whole the whole deal when they're introduced, right, is you denied the red god three deaths. Yes, right, exactly. So now he must now he must be repaid, and so it's he's very specific in the fact that it's three deaths. It's not, you know, one of us was important and the other two aren't. It's very specifically three, um, and just that you know you you saved us, which caught the red god was going to have these deaths. Um, so I do I, I I'm with you. I think that no, you cannot just kill anyone in order to kill right your target your target right yeah so i'm with you i do i don't know that it is a faceless man and, and so, so let's let's just back just a little bit here so this is again I, I had to pull it up real quick so this is um point of view is pate um and he is a, a, like the alchemist this alchemist has asked him to go retrieve this key from archmaster walgraves and he goes to do this he's going to pay him a golden uh dragon and yeah so so this this is that he actually ends up stealing the key he takes it and this alchemist, who, by the way, any any place that you go and you look and you try to figure out who this person is, um, it's noted by many people that he he has the same facial features and structure and, and that he looks like the face that Jack and Hagar took in front of Arya. Arya describes his new face, and it seems like the alchemist here is that same character. We don't really know that. Um, we do know that he then takes the key and kills this boy. Okay, he kills Pate. Um, and then later on, we see that Pate is still around at the end of the book. And we wonder then did what, is it that the alchemist acquired his face? And this is sort of what's believed is that then he's there at the end. So if there's more to that and people have uh, thoughts or ideas on that, I'd love to hear it. And I'd also love to go back and forth on the idea of whether or not it is possible for a faceless man to do that, to, to kill whoever you want along the way of, of reaching your, your, your final like goal because we've never really seen them go after great, a, a that'd be, big that'd be topic. A, that'd be a great, or, or big, a big player. Yeah, that would be a great poll in our Facebook group. Yeah, I think it would be. Yes, I think that would be that'd be really interesting. So, um, yeah, and so and so something that Sir Eric mentioned here, he said that it seems more likely that this rule is actually propaganda to hide their true manipulation of the world, and I thought that was interesting. That he he's thinking that instead of like, as you said, so that. You know, uh, Jackin had owed Arya three three names or whatever because that's what that's what was owed. 
Um, it's more like that's just what they say. That's what these faceless men, you know, kind of are known for. It's like uh, so, so sort of a one-to-one. You name somebody, boom, we're going to go after that guy. We're going to kill just that guy. And we're super good at it. And we're only taking him out. And Sir Eric is saying maybe that's just propaganda. Uh, maybe that's that's manipulation. Maybe they're doing a lot more of this than we realize. And I, I, I have to imagine if you were to take out, let's say, a king, like a, you named a king or you named a high lord, to get to him, you would have to go through his bodyguards in some way. Like there may be some uh, collateral damage or Poss- whatever, right? Yeah, po- yeah, po- yeah, possibly, yeah. So, and that may not be intentional, but this was very direct. I mean, this was sort of, um, I mean, he killed this, he used this person to get the key because he knew where it was at. And then he assumed his, his, his identity. And now he's in there with this special key that from Archmaester Walgrave. So just food for thought. I wanted to see what people kind of thought about this and, and why is it okay for him to kill that person? And what's his ultimate goal? Like, did somebody name Peyton? So then that made it okay. Did he go to the girl that he was pursuing uh, who named him? And so that's sort of how he manipulates the system a little bit. I don't know. It's just something that I, I keeps me up at night. All right. Okay, man. All right. So, so uh, okay, let's move on over to man the wall here. So, you know, we, you know again, we're moved around some of the our, our Patreon shout outs here. Now that it's on YouTube, you know, we want to take the time. Really yeah. make sure these people are, are uh, you know, given given their, their, their kind of shout out here. So uh, these are all of our sw- people on our sworn sword uh, tier here. So we have um, Sir Anonymous of House Anonymous. Lady Ashley of House Gardner, Sir Chris of House uh, Faber, Sir David of House Fraser, L- Lady Dawn of House Watson, Lady Kaylin of House Howard, Lady Aaron of House Hickman, Sir James of House Nutter, Sir Jeffrey of House Wilson, Lady Jessica of House Neil, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Lady Mary of House Reese, Lady Tracy of House Fa, Sir John of House McNapsey. Uh, Lady Michelle of House Ramson, Sir Ralph, the Dornish Wolf, Sir Stephen of House uh, Vilken, and Sir William of House Lombard. Man, he, you know, we were looking at this today. This guy's been a patron for a, quite a long time, man. And I just, we wanted to yeah. give him a, a big shout out. Yes, yes. I mean, he quite he is actually our most loyal sworn sword. Okay, let's just go ahead mm-hmm. and say it. All right. Uh, yeah. he's, he's so always been there. Give, so thank you. So let's give, yeah, let's give that guy some due. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and again, you know, thank you so much to our patrons. Um, you guys keep the show going, man. I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here on YouTube, but you know, with, uh, without you guys. So yeah, absolutely. <sighs> All right, man. Well, uh, yes. Yeah. Our first YouTube, our first YouTube experience other than a minor editing thing that we have. To, oh my. You guys probably saw. I think I'm just going to put in a black screen and just be like, uh, we experienced some technical difficulties. Oh, AKA just jump cut Ezra's, that. Oh, my gosh. Ezra's, Ezra's little niece kicked in his door. Yeah. Was like, hey. Hey, what's up? Like, ah. I was like, you know. It was great. Uh, it, was it was great. It was, yeah. Well, yeah. What uh, would you done if we just, what would you done if I would have clicked the start live streaming button? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, like, I, I, I let my sister know, like, don't come visit. You know, it's, uh, so. Yeah. But yeah, 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 it's all good. It was, you know, again, it is a little bit, um, it, it's different. A lot of times, like, you know, I'm moving around, like, I, I, I actually need to get all of my, I realized during the show, I need to get all my books over here to my right so I can pull mm-hmm. those off because a lot of times I'll pull multiple books. And um, if we really go down a rabbit hole, you'll see me later on. Um, and this this happens a lot on the show. Uh, 
I'll try to find the chapter. I'll go to a search of ice and fire. I'll look it up, pull that book, try to find us a passage and read from it. So things just happen on the fly sometimes. I mean, like we get into these conversations and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and they're great. And that's also why, and I'm glad that Sir Matt mentioned like the, the send a Raven. I mean, I love for people to almost like our old follow up Friday, challenge us a little bit and let us know where, what you're thinking about. What are you pondering? Is there something are you think as we go into winds of winter, uh, do you have thoughts on a character and, and where they're left and what may happen or predictions or or whatever? I mean, because this is supposedly the year. So send some of those. We can start getting hyped for for winds of winter. Uh, now, some people are, are being pessimistic out there and saying you're going to be getting hyped for years to come. But I, I, I'm OK with that. All right, let's go. It's it's possible. I wish you good fortune in the in the years. Yeah. To come. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so no, I mean, I think it's good, man. You know, uh, we're gonna post it, see what people think. You know, we got that we, we kind of got this little setup here, um, and it's also nice because Ez and I uh, have mostly done this over the phone forever. We don't, uh, yeah, we, we don't, we don't really, we don't really actually look at each other when we, when we podcast. <laughs> haven't haven't really looked at each other when we uh, since I since I moved uh, from Portland. We used to do it in the same yeah. room, and now yeah. we. And we've honestly just done it over Skype or Discord, Skype, and then and then phone calls, and so now it's actually like, oh yeah, uh, this well, this, we get a, we get to see each other. It's and, pretty cool. And what's fun is is that what we used to do, and I kind of was thinking about this, is when we used to sit at the table, um, I used to be able to give you like hand signals, sort of like yeah, you just mm-hmm. keep going with that thought, right? And the, but I wouldn't say anything in the mic, and then I would be like digging for you, something, right? You'd be digging. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so now well, it's like fortu- it's kind of cool. Well, well, fortunately, I do have so I have this webcam that I'm pointing at on me i have to trick my computer into some weird things uh to get this all to work um and then i have another webcam that you can see i think you can see my hand moving right here maybe. yeah yeah you know? well, yeah so yeah. i i theoret- i theoretically could give you some hand signals that are on this other webcam that you see yeah yeah so it, it is possible so i'm, I'm gonna have to That's i'm gonna funny. have to figure that i'm gonna have to figure that out since i have well, two webcams on me um I don't even I care if people see the hand signals because I think that's sort of the funny I, part, right? Like there, I did, yeah. yeah. I had a trick, but yeah, I, I, some technical stuff. I had to tr- have to because I, uh, the, I use OBS, which is like a, a live streaming kind of. People use it a lot for Twitch and stuff, and I, I had to use it so that then I had to figure out how do I record Ez's image, my image at the same time. But then we Facebook call each other, yeah. which we found to be the the best platform to 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 make it to where I can all get it all dialed in and get the picture all all dialed in. But then I can't use the same webcam for two programs, so I have to load up like a video game on this capture card thing I have, then switch to my other webcam. It's all this stuff, but yeah, so Crazy. it's it's running the ship over there. Hope, ho- hopefully, yeah, it is. It's. I mean, it's literally like, and then I, you know, before we started, like two of my USB ports on my computer died or something. I don't know. I got to figure it out. Never update your computer because the second you update your computer, <laughs> everything jacks up and nothing works anymore. So oh, that's great. <sighs> yeah. That- technical stuff. Technical stuff aside. Then I had this. I have this light behind me, which yeah. I was like, oh, it's really cool because I can change the colors and I'll change it to red if when we're doing game of thrones and it'll be like you know game of thrones themed and then you know i forgot that we just changed our internet and so now it's synced up via wi-fi and the wi-fi is all different so <laughs> hey i i here's here's uh, more how, stuff more 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 kinks to work here's out. how i feel i feel like it's episode four we're in the millennium falcon and you're han solo trying to get us jump to hyperspace and i'm like what's that what's that flashing what's that red flashing and you're like 
you know, lose a rear deflector, get strap yourself don't in. You know, it's it. like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's how well, I'm sitting of, over here. I'm like, uh, yeah, speaking of hyperspace, that's what we're that's what we're recording right now, right after this, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, so bear with us here. Um, and uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Give us feedback, let us know. Uh, we kind of have this like little overlay thing here with some ice and some fire in the background, it's kind of moving. Is that too distracting? Um, I tried to pick something somewhat subtle, so let me know, just let us know, yeah, and, and we'll, we'll update and, it. And it and I do want to mention too for folks because this what you know if you were listening if you only listen on iTunes you listen on Podbean and Stitcher this is sort of a one time thing you know we're talking mm-hmm. about sort of the like going forward really we're just we're back to a podcast and with the visual you know if something happens it's kind of funny or whatever you can then come click on the visual and, and check it yeah. out but today we just kind of wanted to really hope you know let you guys know that if the show sounds a slightly different it is because mm-hmm. we are sort of in a different spot and we're positioned differently you know we don't have our feet up yeah. and laid back in a yeah. recliner with a book you know yeah exactly yeah that was definitely that's definitely the one thing we don't um not that we not that we're not trying to make the youtube version of this good i mean we are but uh you know one of the things we we ran into when we used to do youtube for you know back in the old uh, rebel watch uh days was that it felt more of a youtube show yes and not a, a podcast. podcast yes and so i think we've learned from from that and we want it to it's a podcast first yes yes let's say that let's say that and then there's also just now a video component to it yeah so, yeah. so going forward know that and uh oh and by the way if you haven't gone and so you know since we're doing this now uh and we're talking youtube you got i know you're listening to itunes and spotify and what have you this is more just to sort of um this is for matt and i just go subscribe <laughs> to the youtube channel yeah, right hey, i mean yeah, come absolutely, on absolutely. i mean are we at war with other people yes we are all right we've been it's at true, war yes. go back all right we've been at war with other podcasts and youtube let them bend the knee let's get back mm, yeah, to the true. days of old where we used to tell it's people true. how it was how it is Mm-hmm. how it's gonna it's be true yeah, yeah absolutely so, <laughs> so anyway well all right guys we want to thank you for playing the game of thrones in our next episode we will be discussing chapter 12 daenerys one of a clash of kings if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe like us write a review leave a comment or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com Maybe Sir Ezra can turn his uh, camera on until we've gotten through the whole outro, but we will see you in a week. And remember that the night is dark (laughs) and full of errors. (laughs) 